Hello and welcome to Connected episode 229 is made possible this week by our sponsors ExpressVPN, Luna Display, and Hover. I'm your host Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by my friend and yours Federico Vitici. Hello Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Where is Michael? Uh, he's here too. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I need, hey, I don't want. I don't want to wait for follow up. Are you still using the paper like? I just need to know. Yeah, oh, yeah I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, still using it. <sighs> we dove right stuck in. Stuck around for stuck around for a while. I'm still not sure though. Like I thought to myself last night, mm, maybe the screen. Well, I know the screen looks mm, better. Maybe I want that. Okay. But I'm like, oh, but it does feel really nice. So I'm still in that. I have nothing has changed. <laughs> okay. Okay, Stephen, you may proceed with follow up. All right. Uh, we spoke about the just banana story last week of whole deal with Facebook and Google having secret apps using enterprise certificates, Apple bringing down the hammer. Apple brought the hammer down on Google as well. If you remember, Facebook got caught. Google came forward and said, oh, yeah, we're doing it too, but we've stopped it. And Apple, I think, I think for consistency's sake, took Google's certificate away. It seems like for a shorter period of time, although I'm, I'm not sure anyone's reported exactly how long these companies were without these. But it seems like it was like a day or two, really, before they started, like before the report started coming out that maybe it was coming back. So it wasn't very long, but long enough to sting, I assume. Yeah, I mean, anytime you like cripple a company internally, any hour feels like an eternity, I'm sure, if you're on the inside. I, I would assume that you get these back after like long, very high level conversations. Like, is this Phil Schiller talking to like the CTO at Facebook? Does it go even higher than that? Like, they couldn't use group FaceTime because that was down all week. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I just wonder. Like, ones only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you want it's, it's a group FaceTime that you have Phil Schiller and Tim like crowded in like a booth and like holding an iPad out. <laughs> How close do you think they sit to each other when they're in meetings? You think it's close? I bet they're. I bet, I bet no. I bet they have huge tables. There. I think so. Mm. I feel like yeah. Tim likes his personal space, but like Phil seems mm. cuddly. So, anyways, Facebook and Google they have their certificates back, and this is now I think sort of wrapped up. Uh, my I guess my only thought like moving forward from here is, I mean, this is like a really big card in Apple's hand, right? Like, there's not much more they could do past this short of taking them out of the App Store. And as we've spoken about, that seems like a bad idea for everybody. So did did Apple sort of, like, use the most powerful weapon it has against these companies? And would it be willing to use it again if it felt like it was necessary? Yes. (laughs) Um, Of course. It (laughs) depends, right? Like, this is a tool in the arsenal now that they could find other ways to use, I guess. But, like, I feel like it would be weird if, like, they did something in the App Store and then they revoked the enterprise certificate just for for funsies. My expectation is the way that both companies got theirs back. And I'll say, like, it wasn't... It wasn't... Apple didn't make a statement that they revoked Google's. They made a statement to say they were helping Google get their credentials back. <laughs> sure. How did Which this disappear the, down the down the you know <laughs> rabbit hole? But of no, but it kind of. I saw some people saying that like in Google's rush to get rid of their VPN app, they may have screwed up their own enterprise certificate in some way. That's possible. Like, which was an interesting theory because 
Apple were very quick to say that they, you know, like they they were happy to make statements about Facebook. But anyway, Apple and Facebook have a different relationship than Apple and Google do, right? Like Apple and Google work together on a lot of things and Facebook they're is competitive, but they don't like they don't throw words at each other like Facebook and Apple do. Right. And I think that because I think because of that that difference in tone in the relationships, maybe Apple treated them differently publicly, which is like totally fair and within Apple's rights. But I do think it's interesting to think about the relationships between the the three of them all being really different from each other. And, you know, I think that Apple doing this, like it definitely shows the power they have over their platform. And there's a lot of conversation sort of outside of our bubble, but sort of like one level up in like general tech podcasting the last week or so about does Apple have too much power over its platform? Uh, I don't I don't know if I agree with that or disagree with it, honestly, but it is something to consider, like. Apple holds the cards here to a certain point, but then they, they also need these other companies, right? They need to mm-hmm. have communication going both ways. No, I'm just surprised when I see these tweets saying that Apple has too much power. It's called the Apple App Store. I mean, if you were in violation of something on the Google Play Store, uh, Google would probably act the same. And when you're in violation of something on Facebook, um, Facebook removes your post. Um, like if you use a song that you're not supposed to. That's a devil's advocate. You the on, the the only way to get apps on phones on iPhones is through Apple Store, right? Yes. But you can do it in other ways on Android. So like it's different. Like that that's the argument that people place. Is that illegal though? Like when uh, you buy the iPhone, you know that that's the only way to yeah, get yeah. software on the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know if the European Union has done what they do yet. I don't know if they consider it a monopoly. Probably not because they don't have the uh, majority of the smartphone. Uh, platform right like if if ios was the most dominant smartphone platform they would probably get into some trouble with the european union just because right this is what history has shown like with well they've done microsoft multiple times and google in fact they they got on google, google didn't yeah they? google got hit big yeah. time last year so that's all really complicated but it seems like this story is, is sort of wrapped up and uh, i guess we'll just see how long it is until facetime or till uh facebook excuse me make some sort of other egregious error. So I have like a wonderful, just a wonderful conspiracy theory. Please. Situation. I want to hear this. Because, so my expectation is, right, the way that this all got resolved is there were some conversations that happened at a high level and there were some like agreements that had to be made, right? Like Apple were like, well, you can't do this again and you have to do this and this and this. Something kind of hilarious happened, both within like 48 hours of getting their enterprise certificates back Facebook updated their uh, Facebook app to finally support the 10s Max, the 10R, and the iPad Pro screen resolution. And then <laughs> Google updated Docs, Sheets, and Gmail also to support the new iPad Pro screen resolutions. I'm not saying it definitely was related, but the timing is super funny to me. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they were working on these things, but it is kind of hilarious that neither of these companies had done anything. And then all of a sudden, here it is. And I know before you tell me, uh, like in March, so like some, there's like a deadline in March where you have to build for the resolution to be accepted on the App Store for the iPad Pros. But it's still kind of funny that they both happened within 48 hours of right. these problems occurring. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I feel there's <laughs> definitely a cause and effect here, but you know. It is pretty When funny. I was a kid and I did something bad and I, and I would drive my parents upset. Um, was it usually the result of a prank, a bad prank 
would would cause yeah, the problem. Or maybe I came home late, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. I would show my parents like the next day I would wash the dishes or clean my bedroom, you know, that kind of stuff. And Facebook yep. and Google have kind of done the same here. Um, they upset Mother Apple and so now they're <laughs> they showing them the that they can be good boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? Um, FaceTime. Oh, yes, yeah. this happened. And it's still not fixed with the software update, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Interesting. No. So, there hasn't been a software update in public. There's not. It. Is it in the 12.2 beta? Do you know, Federico? Not that I'm aware of. But also, my FaceTime is still off. They couldn't my... turn it back on server-side, right? Like, just, you know, that's the problem, I guess. No, no. So what I've heard from several people now, and maybe it's all conjecture, but I think it makes sense, is that Apple's plan is to blacklist old versions of iOS against the group FaceTime server. So if you never update mm. to 12. whatever fixes it, you, group FaceTime mm. will just never come back for you. That makes sense. So I hadn't thought of that. No. I, yeah, so I don't know if I don't think that is gospel, but I've heard that several people talking about that, so I'm going to go with it. At the very least that's possible. You got to think they're going to do something to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, Apple did have a statement at the end of last week saying they'd fixed the security bug on the server and there'll be a software update to enable the feature. Sometime supposed to be this week. It's Wednesday right now. We haven't seen it yet. It could be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, they also thanked the family. So remember at, the, at the, the beginning of this, there was a kid who discovered this, and his mom was an attorney, and she like contacted Apple. She did everything right. Some people got onto, onto them about asking about the bounty program, which I found really gross. Like they're trying to do good and report a bug. Like just don't criticize. But uh, they apologized to the customers. And an executive visited the family saying they will receive the payment from the bug bounty program. So so my question is, what is a visit in your home from an Apple executive like? I assume it's Phil Schiller. Uh, it could be somebody else. But like, do you offer Phil? Feels like, uh, this feels like a Greg Joswiak type of uh, job to me. This feels oh, like a job. Yeah, he's there. He's there for weird, weird stuff. Right? He's like, like cleanup guy. <laughs> you know, in Pulp Fiction, Wolf, right? Who comes in and like cleans up the room, right? Like, I feel like that. That's what Jaws is. He's like the wolf. He just comes in and he's like Corvette screeches into the corner and he's ready to go. He also introduced the iPhone SE. That was kind of a cleanup job too. That's really interesting. Yep. <laughs> so like, do you offer him a snack? Like, what do you do? I guess so. Like, do you put out your best china? I don't know. I, I don't know why it's necessary for an Apple executive to go to the yeah. home of the family. You know, you know what you do? You know what you do? You break the ice by saying, so I have this idea for an app um, <laughs> that I would like to, to work on. Do you have any tips? Uh, that's the perfect icebreaker. Um, you want to make an app that nobody ever thought of. Uh, you have mm-hmm. an idea. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe you say, I have an idea for a product. I have an Apple Watch and an iPhone and AirPods, and I would like to charge them all at once. And, and maybe Apple could give me some sort of solution for that. This isn't three products. This is one product. Are you getting it's it? It's called the AirPower. <laughs> um, I also personally feel happy that we got our apology. We got a sincere apology yes. right, yes. from Apple, yes. which is what I was... I was Hoping that they we, we would get that again, right? Because it felt like pr- it felt pretty bad. Uh, and then I guess the last thing is uh, the gov, like the Ameri- the U.S. government are uh, probably other governments are uh, looking into this. Yeah, you know, people are there. It's upset. inevitable. Which mm-hmm. rightly so. I feel like th- yes. this is kind of what we were asking for, right? Like there has to be more uh, government control, hopefully by competent politicians. 
um, as these technology companies are throwing away our privacy on a daily basis. Like it's just a thing that we have to look for now and hope that people that are competent can actually try and hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And we said it about Facebook, right, specifically last time. But I think in this instance, like Apple has some some questions to answer too, right? Like a, I think they definitely do to someone. Uh, lastly, we're mentioning this just just to quell the rumors that we're doing this this week. So mm-hmm. Unicode has approved Emoji for 2019. Uh, Federico is in a full Emoji media blackout, so he hasn't. Yeah. He's not reading anything about them, or what nope. they look like, what they're called. No, I've only seen the hero image uh, on Emojipedia because, you know, on, on Twitter I saw the image. And... There's no harm in seeing the images. You can see uh, the images, you just can't I know the, the names. I saw the hero image uh, featuring yeah. the emoji of sloth and cleaning ear. Um, <laughs> That's waffle. what you think that is, right? Yes, yeah. the, and the gray uh-huh. lines are the dirt that comes out of the ear. Um, oh my God. I have a lot of <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't want to get into this right now. Let's just move on. So we will be playing the game, Federico names the emoji, when Apple uh, announces they're coming in iOS, I assumably 13. That should be around World Emoji Day. That's when it's been the last couple of years. So hold your horses. And I, I say this also as a public service announcement. That don't bait Federico into and on Twitter into accidentally learning these things. Just like play it cool. It's only fun if he hasn't seen the names. So don't ruin. I it for don't. Everybody. I don't. I don't. I don't need to know the names because I'm 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 going to win anyway. I will guess them all just like last year. Um, so I I don't even need to uh, to be informed about <laughs> <Weird> this. <fish. laughs> I will say just as like a, as a serious topic, right? Like this emoji set is going to cause some problems for platform vendors because of the mixed skin tone support. So like you can have they have like uh, people standing next to each other holding hands. And one of the things that's in the Unicode kind of uh, approved Unicode list is um, shared skin tones and mixed skin skin tones. Right. Now, iOS is n- like the, the current keyboard is not built for that. Right. So like no. I'm really mm. intrigued to see if and how the major platform vendors implement this because it's not only like for couples. They also th- th- Facebook already has um, families with shared skin tones is a thing that you can set up on Facebook, mm-hmm. which is 125 emojis on its own. Um, and Windows has a, a like a viewer which you can have the you can change the skin tone of any family member like Facebook set theirs up and there's 52,000 combinations. Whoa. Because oh, it's wow. it's like it's four oh people God. and with the ability to change the skin tones of all four individuals. So That's a lot. I'm really really intrigued to see how this stuff gets supported. I'm sure Slack will be right on it. there has to be a better way on ios to deal with emoji like if ios 13 doesn't introduce some kind of emoji search or just a faster way to find them i will be really surprised i feel like we reached the tipping point years ago and it's only gotten worse like we're getting Mm -hmm. hundreds of new emoji every year and with all these new combinations like the emoji keyboard on iOS is bad, and whoever is in charge of the emoji department of the iOS team is Jeremy. doing a bad job. Um, that that's a bad job. Like the emoji keyboard is bad. Like it's 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 just bad. Like how we, I don't know. It's the one it's, in Gboard is bad. good. So yes, you know. it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully iOS 13 um, give me the new home screen, dark mode, and emoji keyboard with search. So that's all I want. Well, kind of. That's a quick that win. That is like a it's... quick win for people, right? <laughs> like people will be so excited about yeah. that. But like that would be genuinely like a huge feature of iOS 13 for tons and tons of people yes. would be better emoji support. So, yeah. Feels like an easy one. Mm-hmm. All righty. We have a bunch of news to talk about. First, I want to tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We've all seen a lot in the media lately about online security breaches, so it's only natural to worry about your data and where it goes, especially when something as simple as like sending an email on a public Wi-Fi network could put your private info at risk. Chances are you're being tracked by social media sites, marketing companies, and possibly even your ISP. And they not only can record your browsing history, but they can sell it to people who want to profit from that data. You can take back your privacy with ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. And you can turn it on with just a single click. The easy-to-use apps run seamlessly in the background on your computer, phone, and tablet, and it costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Look, if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So I've been using this for a while, and the thing that blew me away right out of the water is just how fast it is. Other VPN services, that is, it makes your, all of your internet traffic feel slow and sluggish as it's doing its thing. ExpressVPN, I can't even tell it's running from a speed perspective. And that means a lot to me when I've got work to be done and I'm uh, out and about. Protect your online activity today by going to expressvpn.com slash connected. If you don't want your online history in the hands of your ISP or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Go to expressvpn.com slash connected and you can get three months free with a one-year package. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash connected for three extra months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Connected and Relay FM. The year of Steven is here. Oh my mm. god. Oh my god. Are we gonna f- is every episode gonna have a topic that begins with those words? Because I feel like this that's is been... worse than when Nintendo did the year of Luigi and they had to yep. say it every single time. Like you're yep. you're worse than Luigi is what I'm saying. You are worse yep. than Luigi. You're like Wow Luigi. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Wow. This is the peak, right? Like this is like if I'm gonna have any week where we celebrate mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. it's this week. Just this week? Like is it can we just like give you this be. week and you're going to be done? Multiple weeks. This is done. <laughs> I mean, uh, the tattoo is forever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So I had made a prediction. It's an ungraded prediction. I accept that. Coward. Somebody's not brave enough. I should still win a trophy for this. Nope. 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 Well, I already ordered one. <laughs> well, I don't know if you win a trophy if you buy one for yourself, but like if that's what you need, that's great. Sure, you, you can it. you can buy yourself a trophy. Live your best life, my friend. <laughs> you can treat yourself to a trophy if you want. Yeah, that's fine. I had predicted that there'd be a change on the Apple leadership webpage this year, and uh, we made it to February fifth, and Apple announced a change. So, uh, Mike, do you want to run us through the news while I sit back and just like bask in the in the light of day? 
Yeah. So uh, Angela Arantz, who has been with Apple for a number of years now, five years, uh, who came from, I believe she was at Yves Saint Laurent before um, or Burberry. Uh, or not Burberry. She was at yeah. Yves Saint Laurent, yeah. I think, before, but she came from, she was CEO at Burberry, right? I think that was yes. where she, she went yes. over and then she moved to Apple. Uh, and took over retail after Apple hadn't had anybody in charge of retail for nearly two years, I think it was. It's like a year and a half. Um, so Angela, was. it was announced yesterday that she is going to be leaving Apple in April. And in her place, Deirdre O'Brien will be taking over retail, but combining it with her previous role and still current role as head of HR at Apple. So, uh, well, people, they call people. it. People, so people. she is going to be taking the joint role of people and retail. Should we call it like repel? Or, is or, that, or is P-tail? That, yeah, you see, I thought of that one first, but ducked out of it. Sounds right? weird. So that, that one didn't sound <laughs> like it didn't sound fun good, anymore. It, sound, <laughs> it sounded terrible. It's, it's upsetting, really. Um, so, yeah, so Deirdre O'Brien is now taking over the role. She's actually already been updated on Apple's leadership page as having that role, um, even though Angela's also still there, which is interesting. Uh, so there's two heads of retail at the moment. And uh, that's kind of where we are. And mm. lots of people have lots of opinions, as you could imagine, right? Because she's mm -hmm. leaving and like, why is this happening? And a lot of, lot of thoughts about like Angela's uh, legacy at Apple, mm. I guess. Mm. Um, so I want you guys to take this because I think I feel a little bit different. Okay, so I'll go first. Oh, can I just say one thing? Sorry, can I say one thing? I want to say it first because I really want to get to if it. it. If it's what? Only if it's one. It, I, I find it a great shame that... Uh, another female executive, like we're down yes. another female executive on Apple's leadership page. Uh, I hope that they find a way to rectify that faster than whatever it was they were doing before because now it's one, it was already bad and now it's one less person. So it just makes their leadership mix even even worse than it was before. Mm -hmm. I agree. So that was the one um, thing. Okay, thank you. Um, so I go first. Um I feel like this is this departure is sort of like a Rorschach test for what you think of modern Apple, and I sort of don't want to <laughs> play that game. Um, it is though. That's brilliant. It, it, it is. Um, I I can only offer the perspective as a as an Apple customer, as somebody who uses the Apple online store and the Apple the physical Apple stores. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows, really, uh, of, of the three of us or other people on Twitter what really happened. It does feel, from the outside, it does feel like a sudden departure, like something that was not planned months ago. Angela was on stage at the October event, had a big presence, big section about the Apple retail stores, this multi-year vision for what the Apple store should be. Uh, she was profiled in Vanity Fair last week, I think, I don't know. It doesn't feel like something that was planned. I think it was uh, Vogue. Was it, it Vogue, Vogue, Vogue business? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but my perspective as a customer is that I I can appreciate, visually speaking or architecturally speaking, the new Apple stores. Uh, we don't have them in Rome, but I've seen them in London. I've seen them in, in San Francisco, I think, a few years ago. Um, they're beautiful, and they, they are really extraordinarily um, unlike any other store that I've ever been to. But as a customer, 
in Italy, who doesn't have the um, fancy new Apple stores, um, I can tell you that over the past few years, the experience of going to the Apple stores uh, has gotten worse and worse. Um, the Apple store used to be organized as a customer. Like I knew that I could walk into the Apple store if I had made a reservation before, if it was the Genius Bar, or if I needed to buy something, therefore I didn't have a reservation, but that I, I would feel the organization behind it. Like it was, it, it was not messy. It was not chaotic. Now, whenever I go to the Apple Store, I sort of dread going to the Apple Store because even if I make a reservation, it doesn't matter. They are prioritizing walk-ins. It, everybody's sort of, Every employee is telling you a different thing. Like there are multiple lines for the same, the same sort of um, problem that you have. Like different employees telling you different things. I don't know if this is a a thing that happens only in Rome, but judging from the replies that I've gotten on Twitter, I think it's kind of a common thing. Um, it doesn't feel as simple and as organized and as. Uh, uh, the, the, what's the opposite of anxious? Like, it was relaxed years ago. Like, I could go to the Apple Store and chill for a bit and it was fine. Now it's always messy and chaotic and I don't like it. The Apple Online Store, um, I used to like before they did the redesign a few years ago. And I said this years ago, I said it multiple times on Connected, and I still maintain this opinion that the new Apple Online Store is also confusing and also difficult to use. Um, Whenever I just want to browse for accessories on the Apple Online Store, I, I found that the easiest way to do this is to just type accessories in the search bar uh, because it's like I cannot figure out how to navigate to the Apple Online Store on my computer. Um, it, it used to be so simple. You could go to store.apple.com and then say iPhone and then browse. Now you got to go to the product page and then you got to select buy and then you got to find the accessory. It's, it's super weird. Um, so again, I don't know. And, and my third point, sorry, is that we also covered this years ago on Connected. I still believe that the idea of thinking of a store as a town square is more inspirational than functional. I can appreciate, and we actually have an article on Mac Stories about this, the idea of today at Apple and sort of um, uh, using the Apple Store as a place that can foster the creativity of a local community with uh, courses for photography, for drawing, for learning how to use the iPad, that kind of stuff. That's beautiful. People who've, who've gone to this um, today at Apple sessions, they really seem to like it. That's fine. But the general idea of it's not a store, it's a, it's a town square, like it feels something that reads well on a press release that goes well on a website. But in practice, I don't want to hang out at the Apple store. Uh, you know, meet, like hey, I don't. Can you just meet me at Apple after the I show? I don't want to meet you at Apple, not because you're. You know, I want to meet you at WWDC. We can hang out. I don't want to hang out with my friends in a store. Like it's not like going to a coffee shop. I'm. I don't go to Apple, as they say, to hang out. And so it feels like it's a combination of. If I were to speculate, so if it were a, a Rorschach test, and if I were to read into it what I see, I would say that a combination of. Um, Form over function, um, so ins inspirational uh, ideas, uh, inf uh, you know, against the practicality of a store, and certain decisions that made the store experience 
more chaotic and messy and confusing may have maybe uh, contributed to Angela's departure from Apple. That's my perspective. I agree with all of that. From the consumer perspective, the stores are overwhelming. And I think Apple's mistake, and I don't know if it's hers or, or, or what, but someone made the mistake, and you said it so well, like, the store is not a destination, right? No one wants to have an experience with an Apple retail. You want to go and do what you have to do. And you want that experience to go smoothly and like to be helpful and be positive. But I feel like they've gone too far in that direction. So like my Apple store here has the redesign, but it's a very small store. Like the Memphis market is small. And even in our, in our small market, it is just always chaotic in there. And it's I, I don't ever go in unless I've got to have something for repair or order something for pickup, in which case I can go in, talk to the person at the door, you know, and, and get in and out as quickly as possible. It's not someplace that I just want to drop by and, and do something quickly. And I, that's a problem, right? Uh, I think the, the other angle to it is the, the service angle, which, which is sort of the way I think about it first. Now, I've been gone from Apple Retail for like 10 years, so nothing I – uh, experience then is relevant now. It's ancient history. But the service is an important aspect of the store. And having the Genius Bar replaced by like you go sit in these uncomfortable chairs and someone will just yell your name until they until they come find you, like that's it's stressful waiting. And it's it's not a pleasant experience to, you know, kind of be stuck at a table with somebody as they as they take your machine in for repair. And it's again, it's just again, it's just chaotic. That's the word I keep coming back to with these Apple stores. Some of that was in process well before Angela ever showed up. Right, the getting rid of the point of sale system that was happening two thousand six, two thousand seven when I was there. Uh, it's been gone for a decade. So that's not coming back. But I do think there are ways that there could be processes and like structures put back into retail to help it function more like a regular store again. Uh, I don't know if we'll see that. Um, it's 506 stores. It's it is like 70,000 employees. It's a lot of things to to deal with. Um, but uh, I'm hopeful it could always be worse. I just want to put this in historical context. There's a link in the show notes to an article I wrote a couple years ago called Apple Cafes. Apple had this like wild concept in the 1990s of well, basically the store they built at the new campus where there's like a restaurant and it's all. There's seating and like a, there's a bar in one of these pictures. So just go check that out and and uh, be thankful that's not the future that we live in. But boy, what a mess! What a, what's that? What's that uh, expression? What has been will be uh, will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, I read this somewhere a few days ago. Um, the Apple Cafe thing is totally something they're doing again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been to um, one. They have one. <laughs> It's on the it's the the company store is a cafe now. It's half cafe, half retail store. Well, mm-hmm. one third cafe, one third, and then they've got the visitor center. Yeah, one third weird AR experience that made the iPod um, the iPad really hot. Uh, I think my my view on a lot of this is pretty different. Like, I don't personally feel like the Apple Store is any worse than it's always been. Like, the idea of not having checkouts, I've or like places you can buy stuff from. I can't remember an Apple Store. I've ever been into that had a defined place where you would buy something like it's always like find random person and the cash tills are in the desks right like 
they it's just like always for me felt like a kind of you go in and you just keep walking around and around with something in your hands until you can try and get somebody's uh, attention i feel like it's always been that way for as long as i've been going into them i also never have once set up an appointment or been to the genius grove for anything so i just want to say that as like oh so you're my, one of those people you never got to what, like who's never been there well like it's i'm not one of those people i've just never had a need like i never had a reason well, i had a reason but i couldn't do anything right like Breaking my iPad screen, I wasn't going to pay for it because it was too much in Evapocare. So, so you never made a reservation for the Genius Bar in your life? Never. Oh, interesting. Okay. I've never been to the Genius Bar. It's not, I've never made a reservation. Oh, I've I had been. no idea. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so my view of Apple stores not being any better or worse could be tainted by that. I also like... I don't know how I feel about the idea of like the Apple stores are bad. This is why Angela's gone. Because it doesn't look like they fired her. Well, so does I mean, it, it doesn't though? look like it, <laughs> but, but I don't know. But something's happened. But I, but even if it is, even if they have fired her, I doubt this is the reason because nothing's happened. Nothing bad has happened that we can see. That like they they were clearly all in on this idea, right? So like she could just do this on her own, unless we consider that tweet uh, by Mark Gurman that it looks suspiciously close to. You know, the company reports iPhone sales are down and then the head of retail leaves. Like, it's yeah. maybe not related, but it looks a certain way. But I don't think the reason that people weren't buying iPhones was because of the retail experience, right? Like, I don't think anyone's thinking that, right? That like, oh, I couldn't buy an iPhone. Yeah. Like, that that seems, you know, that, that wasn't the case. Like, I, I can understand the tantalizing nature of an opinion like that, right? Um but no one like angela wasn't responsible for china right that's what apple was blaming it on you know what i mean like if they would have had a big store problem that would have been really easy to be like oh no people really wanted and they just destroyed our stores because of over demand hmm. i don't know I, I don't know what's going on here but i, I definitely definitely am in, in the camp of like this was a surprise to someone yeah, may, yeah. I mean, either to her or to Tim Cook, right? One, one of the two yeah. was probably surprised. Uh, the flip side of this, though, I want to talk about too is what they're doing moving forward. So, combining this role of HR and retail, um, like I said, seventy thousand retail employees. Drank said, Doctor Drank said, that's thirty-two percent of Apple, but Apple PR says there's a hundred thousand total employees. So, like. I think it's more than 32%. But either way you cut it, it's a large number of people to manage. And mm -hmm. 506 stores, it's a lot of locations. And my my concern with this is, and I said it yesterday, is that this means that retail doesn't have a full seat at the table anymore, right? That it, that it is shared somehow with HR and you – know, Yes, this these departments are way more than this one individual, right? They have tons and tons of people, and they're people directly under her who are completely responsible for retail, completely responsible for HR. But at the highest level, it being merged is just not something that I saw coming. But uh, German had another tweet talking about the the turnover we've seen at Apple's uh, very highest level since Tim Cook came, and the the most turnover they've seen is in retail, right? They had. Um, Ron Johnson, who sort of started it, and then he left and did JCPenney, and that didn't go very well. Now he has a startup. And then it was empty for a while, 
and uh, and then they filled the position with uh, a guy named John uh, Browett. Yeah, the disaster guy from the UK. And that was like a real bad, and he he got fired. Like yes. <laughs> Apple let him go. Uh, and then and then Angela came in. So like, th- there has been turnover here. So part of me thinks that maybe this isn't permanent, and it's just to make sure someone can oversee it. But then at the same time, like maybe it's not, and maybe that's okay too. It's just unusual for Apple. Uh, it feels like, but at the same time, uh, I think some another factor to consider is like if you look at Apple's other segments. So like Craig Federighi in charge of software. Well, he is technically in charge of like all of their software platforms, but of course he has chiefs in charge of Mac OS, iOS, Watch OS, and the intern running TVOS. Right, and, and Johnny is back in charge of the two design departments that they split up for him. Right, right. they split them up. So to maybe give him this time away from it. So maybe this isn't. While it's new to retail well, and HR, maybe it isn't as unusual with an Apple as it seems like right, it is. What you but dig in a little software, bit. Software, the software and design roles. Like the two subdivisions are in, they are inherently the same thing. Human resources and retail stores are not the same thing, right? They don't ladder up naturally into one person. Like, my assumption here is just they didn't want this space to be open again. So they've given it to someone that they feel has the right skills to look after it until they can find a more permanent replacement. Right, like it feels super strange to me to give one person these two roles because they don't have a natural fit together, and this clearly wasn't the way it was thought of before. Hmm. Right, they haven't had a great idea of like I know what we do. Deirdre should have both of these, and we'll fire Angela. Like, that's not the reason that <laughs> right. they've done this. Right, right. They just have an empty seat. And for for whatever reason, I don't. I will say I don't know a lot about Deirdre O'Brien. I know that she's been at Apple for like thirty years. Yeah, she's a she's a lifer, as they say. Like yeah, she's been but there I her don't career. Know, yeah, I I don't know much else about her. Um, I hope to see a big profile about her soon, right? Because she's clearly taken on an important role. Mm-hmm. So I have some other thoughts about Angela Arantz. It is the general assumption that she was brought in to help Apple transition to become more of a fashion-conscious brand. Mm-hmm. She 100% succeeded at that, right? Yeah. Like, yes. if you look at the Apple Watch, um, and again, the Apple Watch has changed, but a lot of the like the verbiage and the way that they do the seasonal releases of watch bands and stuff like that, if we're still assuming that she had a hand in that, which is what people assumed at the beginning... Like, she has been successful. I'm kind of a little bit... I feel a little bit uncomfortable that, like, over the last 24 hours, everyone is like, yeah, of course they fired her! But nobody was saying it, like, two weeks ago, right? Like, I've seen a lot of people say a lot more harsh things than you guys are, and it just seems strange to me. Like, I don't really feel anybody had the... the, Yeah, I guess. But, like, (laughs) I just don't think that... I just don't think that we can know enough. This genuinely feels more to me like she decided to leave than Apple knew they were getting rid of her. That's how it feels to me. Um, maybe she just was done with technology and wanted to go back to fashion again. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where she lands, and that may lead into some you know, more insight about what happened at Apple. 
Also, I have I have one quick hot take about chairs. So I've been seeing a lot of people complaining about chairs, right? That there are no chairs with backs on in Apple stores. Of course there aren't. Because they don't want you to sit and hang out in there. Be like, be, be realistic about this. They want to make you uncomfortable. Well, they yeah. don't want... Because people will hang out in Apple stores. You've seen tweets about chairs in the Apple... What kind of people do you follow? I don't know. The same people as you. The, 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 like people, people are complaining about the little balls and the grove thing with the trees. They're awful. But they're supposed to be because they don't want people hanging out right. and they're using the Wi-Fi all day, right? Like, let's be realistic about this for a second, right? Like, there are going to be some things you, you, you have to design your stores to get people in and out of them, not like in and hang around. Then we're building the Apple Cafe. Yeah. They, they used to have theaters with like real seating and like a screen and stuff, and they got rid of all those. But the Genius Bars, when they were around, they basically had, like, kitchen stools, like bar stools. So, again, no back. Yeah. And the idea was you sit down for 20 minutes, I take a look at your iBook, and then you go home sad because your iBook's broken. So that's not new. I think it's one of those things that people latch onto because it's a newer thing in the store design. And, you know, it's easy to, to poke fun of things that are new. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. If there are any changes coming, uh, it's not going to be anytime soon, I don't think. Right? These things take time. And it's a huge part of Apple's business, and they're not going to rush in and upend. My guess is we're going to see very little change. Uh, my guess is that Apple is pretty happy with the way retail works, especially from like the layout and design perspective. So if there's any processes or like sort of internal structures that change, that'll take some time to, to leak out. Because mm-hmm. they committed to a plan, right, for a certain period of time. You can't. You can't turn a ship that big that fast. Exactly. The Apple Store ship. Goodbye, Angela. We hardly knew you. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends at Luna Display. Having extra space when working from your Mac is super useful. It can make tiresome tasks more enjoyable by removing all of that uh, command tabbing around and, and closing the wrong window and all that stuff. You can spread out and do your work. And iPads have stunning displays. And maybe you're starting to like the idea of having another screen for your Mac. Well, Luna Display lets you do that with just a tiny bit of hardware. Luna Display provides crystal clear image quality, reliable performance, and wireless flexibility. Just pop in a little piece of hardware into your Mac and you're good to go. And if the Wi-Fi is down or you don't have access to Wi-Fi, no worries. You can just connect over USB. The great thing about Luna Display is how portable your new setup is. You can be productive at the office, in the studio, or as you travel. It's a super smart way to work with more screen real estate while on the go. Luna also acts as a complete extension of your Mac. It is going to support your external keyboard as well as your Apple Pencil and touch interactions. So you can interact with your Mac with just a swipe of a finger. And their all new Liquid Video Engine brings significantly reduced latency and a faster screen refresh rate. So I have an iMac Pro. That's what I sit in front of almost every day. But uh, my MacBook Pro is 13 inches. It's just a, a little a little friend, a little travel friend. And if I need to spread out, Loon Display lets me do that. I can take my MacBook Pro and my iPad, and together it's, it's way better than just using the laptop. I can recreate this large screen experience I have when in my office. Listeners of Connected can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Just go to lunadisplay.com and enter the promo code CONNECTED at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com and promo code CONNECTED at checkout. Don't put this off any longer. Head over there now, lunadisplay.com, promo code CONNECTED, 10% off. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and Relay FM.
it's beta season. It's always beta season now, right? That's uh, as I said that I realized that it's basically just beta year round now. But some are more interesting than others, though, and this is maybe a little bit more interesting than twelve point one <laughs> was. Um, mm. So one of the big features of the iOS twelve point two beta um, is the beginnings of the HomeKit TV support. And Federico, my understanding is that you were able to via some means get your what should be unsupported LG TV with the HomeKit TV support to be supported via HomeBridge. Yes, um, that's what happened. So um, soon after the first beta of 12.2 came out, um, I saw on Twitter, um, Kaos Tian is a developer um, for, he works at an company that i don't remember the name uh is one of the top contributors of homebridge the plugin that allows you to add homekit support to unsupported devices uh he makes a bunch of homebridge plugins and configuration stuff um and he was working he was uh, playing around with initial support for bringing these native homekit apis for televisions to his uh, old lg tv running webos and i think we actually have the same tv uh webos one from t- 2017 uh, he got in touch with me he sent me a, an early version of his plugin for um for adding uh, the webOS TV to HomeKit on 12.2, and eventually a couple of days later, uh, these um, the the plugin that I that I was already using for HomeBridge, it's called the HomeBridge webOS TV, was updated with native support for um, HomeKit and uh, iOS 12.2. So, for the past ten days, two weeks, um, I've been I had my TV. Uh, in the home app as a na- as a native um, television for iOS 12.2 instead of um, you know I used to have the old homebridge plugins to do that uh, and they worked by essentially letting you fake um, certain TV controls as either a light bulb or a switch so for example um, with the old plugin that I had uh, the TV volume uh, was a light bulb, and so increasing and decreasing the brightness actually um, changed the volume of the TV. So you could use a slider to uh, adjust the volume, um, or for example, if you wanted to switch between channels or to switch between inputs with the old plugin, you would have switches in HomeKit as if they were electric outlets, and so you could turn off the switch to say. Um, switch to HDMI 2 on the TV and stuff like that. With the new HomeKit support for televisions, um, you some of these features are n- native integrations of the Home app. Others still require, at least for my needs and for my taste, still require the old plugins. So um, if you guys want, I can go over some of the details of what you get with yes, HomeKit yes, and TVs. Yes. So the idea is... In the home app, you get a new type of accessory called the television. It's got a new icon. It looks like a TV. Um, you can uh, you can tap and hold it. You can press it with 3D touch, and it expands into a switch. So at a basic level, what you can do is you can turn off and turn on the TV. Um, there's a settings button in the 
bottom right corner as always the the thing that's new and different for televisions is in the bottom left you get input as a new button of this ui and the input button lets you switch between um inputs of your television so uh, hdmi ports or in the case of webos uh, and again I'm testing a third-party plugin. This is not an official integration, but this plugin allows me to switch between inputs, but also native WebOS apps. Um, this plugin uses the native WebOS API that LG makes. And so you, as a developer, you can write software that uh, allows you to control your television, both for inputs. Uh, I have four HDMI ports and I can switch between them, but also you can open WebOS apps. So the built-in television apps like Netflix, like the TV Guide, or um, I don't know what else do I have. I have an Italian streaming service, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, or the YouTube app, which I prefer to the, to the YouTube app on the Apple TV. Um, so at a basic level, what you do is you open the home app and you expand the television um, button. And you can either turn turn off the, you know, toggle the power state of the TV or switch between inputs. In settings... Um, you can change the name of the the names of these inputs, and this is all you can do for now um, in the home app. You also get, of course, in the this is actually my favorite way to control the TV uh, from Control Center, uh, from the home um, the home um, button of Control Center. Um, if you add your television as a favorite, you will find it there. You can expand it with 3D Touch and you can switch inputs from Control Center. You can turn off and turn on your TV from Control Center. Um, I should specify that HomeKit support does not equal AirPlay 2. Um, HomeKit support for televisions means controlling them, not streaming media using AirPlay. So th those are two separate things. And... To the best of my knowledge, I don't. I don't think there's a way to enable AirPlay 2 support uh, using something like Homebridge. Because Homebridge, what it's doing is it's basically saying you have this HomeKit accessory on your network, um, and it works with the Home app. I don't think there's a way to do this with AirPlay 2, uh, but I could be wrong. Still, HomeKit does not mean AirPlay 2. Two separate things. Uh, and finally, um, the other part of HomeKit support for televisions is the remote that you get in control center and this is the the thing where i have the most complaints uh about um so the remote looks like a very basic digital remote in that you get uh, a directional pad with four uh, arrow buttons uh, to navigate the ui and a click uh, button in the middle. This remote is available in the same control center um, screen where the Apple TV remote is, which is kind of confusing because when you open control center, it's got an Apple TV logo. But actually, if you expand it and you open this this menu, uh, you will see your television remote. Uh, and you there, can are there two different ones you can switch yes, between them? you can switch okay. between the Apple TV remote and the television remote. But when Control Center is um, in its initial state, you just see the Apple TV icon, which is kind so of So the remote is not in the home kit? No, no. It's in the Apple TV part? It's in the Apple TV right. part that of Control like Center. That feels like something that could be... That yeah. could be chain like the, the glyph could be changed yeah maybe. so you get this directional pad uh then you get a large empty space and then at the at the bottom at the very end of this remote ui there's uh, four buttons play and pause back exit and info 
So back and exit, they behave as the remote that you will get on your, like the physical remote of your TV. Uh, in my case, mm-hmm. back means navigate back and exit means close the current view or the current app. Play and pause only work at, at least with my plugin and with my TV um, for stuff like YouTube, for example, or Netflix. They depends if you're looking at an item that is playable. And info just opens the info view, the detail view of what it is you're currently doing. So if I'm watching TV, uh, WebOS shows me an info UI for the current channel. Uh, but if I'm watching Netflix, it brings up the detailed view of the episode, stuff like that. Um, and that's about it. The remote is not customizable. That's my, my main problem with this. Um, you cannot add... Um, inputs to the remote um this is something that i do all the time like i with my physical remote i either control the playback of the tv or change the volume or i switch between inputs my remote has buttons for netflix mm-hmm. and prime video for example but this digital remote despite the fact that it's digital and in theory could be changed um right now it's not customizable so if you want to change inputs you gotta use the home kit tile which means First, you gotta pr- double press. You gotta press on the home icon in control center. Then you gotta press on the television button. Then you need to tap input, and only then you can select your the input that you want to switch to. So switching inputs is a bit slow right now. Um, and I would like to see the remote to be customizable. Um, How does it work with Siri? Doesn't work yet. So that's the other problem. Um, I don't know if it will. I assume it will because it's. It would be super strange. It, it has to, right? Like it has to. It's home. But, like but if you, it, it yeah, must. If you, what? Well, I mean, it, it, um, it's. It only seems natural that you should be able to say, switch to Netflix on the television or stuff like that, or switch to HDMI too. Can you? Um, do you get access to them in shortcuts? No. Um, oh. You so you can only set up scenes for um, because I told you the um. Right now, the television in HomeKit behaves like a glorified um, outlet. So it behaves like an accessory that can either be on or off. It doesn't have actions to, say, switch to a different channel because it, it behaves like a, like a switch. Um, so when you create a scene, you can say, turn off my lights and, I don't know, dim, use this color, and turn on the TV. But you cannot say make the lights blue and open Netflix or stuff like that. Um, you can only toggle the power state. So you can create scenes that turn off or turn on your TV, but that's about it for now. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's convenient. I like the fact that when you open the remote from Control Center and you leave it open uh, and you lock your phone, the moment you tap your phone you will see the remote instead of the lock screen. So the idea is you're watching Netflix, you're watching YouTube, um, you tap your phone, you see the remote. That's convenient, and I I really like it, actually. But it should be customizable, and you should be able to control your TV from Siri. Now, this is super early. I'm using a third-party plugin. There's a chance that the problem yeah, is the plugin. Like, for, for all we know, right, like this is like the most basic of basic support, yeah. But if you have an actual television, which is HomeKit enabled, it might do more. We just don't know that yet, right? Then again, I'm skeptical that uh, about sure, that because sure. the plugin is using the official HomeKit uh, APIs, and those are all there no, are. I, 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 I think it's probably closer to what you're using, but I just don't yeah. want to like we just we 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 don't have the, it's not all the information yeah. yet, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I like it. Like um, once Apple gets the the Siri integration going, uh, the idea of asking the HomePod to control the television that's gonna be real nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I at this point, considering the fact that a third party developer was able to build a plugin using the Web, uh, WebOS API in a couple of days, make it work with HomeKit. I really want to hear uh, LG's argument uh, if they do not bring HomeKit support to the older TV sets running WebOS because the new WebOS TVs from 2019 and those from 2017 or 2018 are going to run the same version of WebOS. So to artificially uh, limit HomeKit, I'm not talking about AirPlay, which may or may not require some other dedicated chip again i don't think we will but i'm talking about HomeKit, and to limit that to just uh, the 2019 models while i understand commercially speaking why lg may want to do that technically speaking it seems uh, like a sort of a, like a fake limitation uh because again um uh, some indie developer got it going in two days and um yeah i want to see what they do um but uh, i don't know any other questions i don't think so yeah, it's yeah. exciting to see what's possible, and I agree with you. I, I hope this goes as wide as, as as possible, right? This isn't limited to just TVs you can buy this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really don't want to change my TV just to get HomeKit. Uh, and for let me clarify before listeners ask. Um, at the moment, I'm still I'm running the plugin called HomeBridge WebOS TV. Um, and I'm running it in a sort of mixed environment. Uh, there's an article on Mac Stories with screenshots about shows this stuff. Um, in the sense that I have the television accessory as an official HomeKit one, but I still have other um, accessories, other items in HomeKit based on the legacy mode for this plugin. Because there's some things that. Um, this new HomeKit integration doesn't do. So I still have the slider to adjust the volume, uh, which looks like a light bulb. Actually, Sylvia asked me about this last night. She was looking at my phone and she was like, why are you changing the volume of the TV but it looks like a light bulb? And it says brightness. <laughs> um, so I still have that. I still have uh, switches to to open individual channels, like channel 5, channel 6 on my TV. I still have... Um, switches to open uh, apps that cannot be opened by the new plugin and stuff like that. So it's a mixed environment right now, but it works well. Uh, so we'll see We'll see if uh, future betas open up, uh, you know, new endpoints for the HomeKit API or a customizable remote. That would be really nice. So there was some other stuff that came out in 12.2. Uh, one thing was found by Guillermo Rambo, which is lots of references to Apple News magazines. Kind of like they found some splash scre- uh, splash screens, uh, which seem to indicate that magazines are in fact coming to Apple News. Um, this included references uh, in the code, I assume, somewhere to the phrase "bundle," which makes a lot of mm. sense or "bundle subscription." Um, so yeah, that's this is going to be a part of Apple's upcoming media services bundle. It would se- it would seem, mm-hmm. which which makes sense, right? They've been moving towards this since buying texture. Um, mm-hmm. there, that's the, the point. There are other rumors, I think, saying that the video streaming service could be as early as April. Uh, that's not really in the show notes for today, but it just seems like all this stuff is inching closer and closer. 
Yeah, I, I reckon we're going to get an event in March. Feels like it. Uh, yeah, it really which does. Which has a lot of this stuff. And there's new Animoji. Woo! A giraffe, a boar, owl, and a shark. So I'm, I you know, fine. They look fun, I guess. The giraffe uh, is great. The giraffe is brilliant. <laughs> so good. The boar, the boar I also like. The owl and the shark I'm less excited about. I don't mm-hmm. know why. The shark is sort of strange. There's a lot of body in there. You know, those yeah. are just dismembered yeah. animal heads. Yeah. There's a lot of body, and especially when you when you see it in like the list, it looks it's weird. like the whole animal, yeah, yeah, which is different to everything else. Yeah, but maybe like it's I don't know, like is it difficult to show a shark like just its head? Like how is, is this is not a not question that you... has ever been asked before in a podcast? I guess so. <laughs> can you show? Can you visually depict a shark just by its head? If a shark doesn't have a body, how can it swim? That's the you know like. Like where where does the where does the head of the shark end and the body begins? Nobody really knows. Yeah, Nobody science knows. is out on this. You know, they haven't yeah. figured yep. it out. They've tried. They've uh, so much also, time, energy, and money has been poured into the answer of that question. How does Apple pick these animals? Like, do they have? I would love stats to, know. to decide the next animoji. Do they Ooh. have like a like a draft? Oh, they should have totally have a draft for the next animoji. <laughs> <laughs> they should ask Jason to run it. Um, yeah. as a they outsource the Jason Snell technology. <laughs> I don't. Are, are there any animals feel that you like would, I understand? Are there any animals Why? you would like to see, Federico? Weird fish would be interesting as an animoji, I think. Sure. Um, but also, oh, okay, let me look at the animals on the, on on the emoji. Why keyboard. is it all just animals too? I um, want more other things. Right? I would like, like to they have... have the robot. I want like an alien. There's got to be some others. I would like to have squid. Squid should be mm-hmm. an emoji. Um, okay. Goat should be an emoji. I still want the emoji face. Just the regular emoji face. Hedgehog should be an emoji. Um, uh, what else? Um, I kind of want the emoji for a duck. That could be fun. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, these are my four. Um weird weird fish, um goat. There's duck. no cow, right? There's no cow. That um, seems like a pretty obvious one. You know, yeah. I I actually want the animoji with the creepy face of the moon. Mm. I want that animoji. Creepy moon face. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's my okay. actually my top pick. Um weird fish That's second. Like a snowman? Snowman yeah. would be nice. It would be Drang's Animoji. Uh, yeah. What well, What if they do like the Animoji for the uh, pedal for playing ping pong? Imagine that. <laughs> Can you imagine if they like enabled you to make an emoji of your own face? Imagine what that would be like. Mm. What would you call this that? Like some. Like a uh, self emoji. An emoji me. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have an animal you would like to see as an emoji, please tweet at Federico, and he'll get he'll get it done. If it's a really good one, I will thumbs up. There you go. So you can send them to him, but they've got to be good. But I need you need to ex- motivate your your decision uh, and expl- and convince me of its validity. Um, that's how it works. So if you're you not asking for up. papers, is what you're asking for. I'm asking for people to pitch me uh, an, uh, animals, uh, animal candidates for Animoji. Okay. And with the 
the good ones I will forward to Jason Snell uh, for Perfect. the draft. Yes. Great. I don't know where I'm going with this. Jason will probably hate me, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. So, uh, Jason loves email. Um, It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we have uh, one last topic to round out this week. But before we do that, let me tell you about our final sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you in part by our friends over at Hover. Look, buying a domain name is the first step in building your online identity. And with Hover, you can find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. So my blog, 512pixels.net, that domain has been at Hover basically forever and I use that as sort of my hub for my writing, my YouTube channel. It all goes through there. And the the name comes from the the screen size on the original Mac. So I had this idea of like this weird detail, maybe a cool brand name when I got the domain names and I was off to the races. Hover has a really great interface when you go to find a domain. So you search for domain, find the one you want. And as you're going through the checkout process, there's no upsells. It's like a really clean user interface. They're not trying to shove stuff down your throat you don't need. And I really feel respected as a customer of Hover, knowing that they're not trying to squeeze every dime out of me that they could. And if I ever have any trouble, I can reach out to their best-in-class customer support team. Look, DNS is a mystery. No one really knows how it works. So you can contact Hover, and if you have questions about that sort of stuff, uh, they can walk you right through it. Uh, It's been great over the years. I've had to change things knowing that they've got my back. And who doesn't need a domain name? Everyone's got one. It's important for yours to stand out. So Hover has over 400 domain name extensions to choose from, which you can help uh, your brand identify itself, help something that really fits what you're after. A really cool option is .me. It's a great extension to use to showcase something like a portfolio and show everyone who you are and what you're good at. So if you have a great personal website ready to launch, grab the .me extension. And if you're new to Hover, get an additional 10% off any domain extension for your first year. Go to hover.com slash connected now to check out, the, check out their deals. It's a great time to get that portfolio website up and running. My thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Also in the 12.2 beta... Ahoy Telephone for AirPods. I feel like this rumor just like comes in around every three or four months or so that new AirPods could have always listening Siri. And it seems like maybe that's, again, getting closer. Mm. I mean, this was rumored last year. And um, remember at the Apple event where they showed the, the video and everybody thought, oh, they leaked their own AirPods and then they didn't announce they, those AirPods. They did it. I mean, this is your friend has been holding this up, uh, AirPower. Oh, it's my, my friend. Uh, now you're you. Um, I don't feel responsible for my friendships, and in this case, I uh, don't understand your your subtle criticism of my um, apprehension for AirPower's state. Uh, therefore, I take no offense in your joke, Mike. Good. That's um, perfect. <laughs> that what just happened? Said. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was uh, setting myself up for being told off, but it was actually perfect. It was actually really nice and, and loving. Um, anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where are these AirPods? Uh, where are they? Do, so is this something that that we want? Like, I feel... Like I don't mind. I know Mike. I know you don't like tapping the AirPods when they're in your ear, and I totally understand that. I feel like a lot of people probably feel that way. It doesn't bother me personally. 
Uh, I'm not like this would be a nice to have for me, but I guess I'm saying like I don't feel like my AirPods are incomplete because they don't have this feature. I wouldn't use it. Really? I, I would. Yeah, you're surprising me today. It. First, you had never made a reservation to the to the Genius Bar. Now you would never use Siri on Do the you AirPods. Even use Apple products? Look, I don't want to talk about that today. Um, <laughs> I I just can't imagine myself calling Siri in a crowded environment. For one, like I'm out in the world, right? Like I just don't imagine doing it then. And then more than that. What would I use it for, right? Like, would I use it to send a message? I never want to send a message without seeing what it's saying. Play music. Yeah, but it's... It does that now. You just have to tap it. It's so... Yeah, it's so infrequent that I would want to make that change. So, I would just be as happy grabbing my phone out of my pocket. So do you, do you talk to your AirPods now? Like, if you... Well, you don't double... You don't tap Never. them. Never. Do you, Never, Federico? Because- no, because Siri sounds terrible right now on the AirPods. Yeah, I don't have double tap for Siri enabled on my wow, AirPods. I do. AirPods. Huh. AirPods. No, no, I don't. no, no, no. I have the gesture, the, the double tap is play pause on both sides. Um, Same. I do that because uh, I, I don't think I would be able to remember which side I set the yeah. gesture for each. So oh, yeah, that's impossible. I didn't change it. <laughs> yeah. So my trick for this, when I used to have the setting, was um, that Siri starts with an S, and in Italian, left is sinistra, which also sounds uh, mm-hmm. starts with an S. Therefore, Siri was on the left. That was my old trick. Uh, yeah, but um, stop also starts with an S. Well, that's your problem because you're American. I don't care. Um, so, what yeah. is the word? What is the Italian word for stop? What's the letter? What does that begin with? <laughs> for stop. Yeah, yeah. It's stop. <laughs> it's right. Well, then it also so applies to you. You're like you're an American. <laughs> yeah. you're, that's why I said it because I got you're an American. But like, it's the well, same for you. Stop is also like. No, but I, guess but I was talking about Siri. I don't care about stop. Um, but play yeah. pause. I guess starts with something else other than an S. I get it. It's good. It's good. Um, I use Siri on my AirPods not a ton, uh, but you know, uh, so I use my AirPods basically in in three situations one i am traveling and like walking through an airport or something we've talked before about how using airpods on a plane is a terrible idea i don't use them on the plane but traveling i use them and if i'm walking through an airport you know i don't mind tapping and asking siri something Uh, i use them at the gym in which case i never want to talk to siri because then you're just the guy at the gym muttering which is just like not a good look now, and then I use them around the house doing like yard work or doing dishes or something like that in which case my phone isn't always on me like maybe it's on the counter or if I'm mowing the grass maybe it's like on the back porch and I'm just out in the yard in which case it is nice to have have it enabled but again I don't feel like the lack of a Hoy telephone breaks the experience for me but I do find it useful to talk to Siri when that's all I have have with me um I've had a problem with my airpods for the past few months and I, I uh, yeah, I linked it on on Mac Stories uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've noticed that my um, day one AirPods, uh, yeah, I actually got them in December 2016 when they launched. They their battery doesn't last um, as long as it used to, uh, and also the volume in one of them is quieter than mm. it used to be. Um, and yes, I cleaned them and I tried a bunch of different things like setting up the airpods from scratch um i think it's just they 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 have aged and i've used them basically every day for the past uh 
two years and, and something. Um, so I'm in the market for new AirPods. I I really can't wait for Apple to release the, the, the new models because, like, I used to be able to run through an entire episode of Cortex or Upgrade and at full volume uh, because I usually use AirPods when I'm doing something else around the house and therefore I want the, the full volume to cover like the sound of, you know, washing dishes or um, having a vacuum cleaner, that kind of stuff. Um, and even at full volume, after going through some 90 minutes of podcasts, I still had plenty of battery life left. Now, if I do the same... I get the low power chime at some point before the podcast ends. It's the so, saddest sound yeah, Apple has ever like, used in their software. It's the, it's the it's the I'm dying sound. It's it's very it makes me feel real bad. It feels like a pretty low quality audio file as yeah. well as <laughs> it sounding sad. Well, it has yeah. to be it has to be a death cry. So of course it has yeah. to be sound yeah. bad. Um, and so I was like. I was thinking a few days ago, what do I actually want to see in the new AirPods? Uh, you know, besides uh, support for Siri, which, as I said, sounds terrible right now. But it's like, it sounds like Siri on Bluetooth 1.0. Like, it really? sounds really, really bad. Yeah, huh. I, for me at least, I don't know. Like, when Siri, like, when you use Siri on the AirPods, does it sound like Siri on the phone for you? It sounds so bad for me. Not, Not as good, but I don't think it sounds like garbage but now i'm gonna pay attention to that now maybe you've ruined it for me maybe i just have higher standards than you do um (laughs) sorry no the Um, airpod battery thing that's a real thing like i replaced mine over the summer because i I was like they just fell off a cliff and i would very unfortunate not the airpod the battery life did you do that what what you see what you did you got a cliff snap i'm just rock climbing all the time with my airpods (laughs) that's a terrible idea so I, i see that a lot like on twitter and you know people talking that the battery life is starting to decline on these original ones and that's you're in a bad spot right like do you buy them now or, or try to like push through exactly. until the new ones show up? It's I almost had the half idea of maybe I should just get new AirPods. I don't want to wait. But then it feels like it's 180 euros. Like they're not cheap. Um, they're expensive and they're not exactly disposable. So um, I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, but yes, besides Siri, I would actually like them to be a bit louder. I don't know if this is because the volume has suffered on, on, on my, but if possible, I would like them to be a bit louder and to have more bass. Uh, long- yeah, I know that they don't they don't get like as loud on like on planes and stuff. Like I feel like I could always do with a yep. little bit more volume than yeah. than I get. So yeah, uh, longer battery life because why not? Um, I don't know if this is possible, but I would like at least the case to be easier to clean. Um, again, I don't, I don't. God, lint gets in that hinge area. Yes, and it's impossible. You cannot get it out. It's it's almost like my lint is made. Is there paint. for all time? It's just like impossible. <laughs> like you can't remove it. It's wild. It's wild. And finally, it would be really nice if the AirPods could double as a heart rate monitor. Um, somehow I know there's a, there's a, there's a patent, a patent somewhere for, for Apple doing this, uh, like using earbuds as a heart rate sensor. Um, but, um, I don't know if it's, if it, if it is at all possible in the second generation AirPods, I would be content with just 
louder volume, longer battery life, and the ca- and even the case could be optional. Just give me more battery, give me more volume, and uh, and of course, uh, air power support. So, of course. Oh, just change. Yeah, that that would be fine. Doesn't need to be specifically for air power. Well, I could accept that, but um, air power would be preferable. Provided air power is available. All oh, right, your uh... air power support is useless if there's no air power, Matt. Mm-hmm. Right, your uh, sorry, an air power uh, truther, as they call them. Yeah, and the truth is, there's no air power. Well, okay. Wow. Right. Okay. That sure. is the truth. Yeah, the air power was staged in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, well, actually, yes, it was on a slide and a video. So. <laughs> you can see the way that the wind affects the cable. You can see that it's that it's that it's yeah. all fake. <laughs> Bunch of fake moon dust all over it. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, do you have any desires for updated AirPods? What would you have changed in this product, if anything? Faster and better device switching. Yes, yes. This this is where I am. It is very good. I wished <laughs> until it, was it falls more. down. It's just like sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm waiting for a while. And honestly, I would like to have to never manually switch. Hmm. Right. And I saw this video that MKBHD reviewed Federico's favorite headphones, the Sony mm-hmm. WH1000XM3, just rolls off the Great name. Right. And he spoke about, like, he made reference to being able to, ha- like, be connected via Bluetooth to multiple devices. Wait, And how? when you just press play, I don't know, he made a reference to it. I, I don't know, I don't have these things. I think it's Bluetooth 5 point something or 5 something, like, you can have multiple devices connected, and whatever one you start playing audio on, it will just take over. Mine don't do that. <laughs> have I, you tried, though? But Do you have devices that support that Bluetooth spec? Oh, because the iPhones don't, and like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, like, All I know is like he made reference to this, mm. and I would like that. I would like that. I would like, like if, that. If it doesn't exist, I want Apple to do that. Like yes, all yes. my devices are connected, and whichever starts playing audio most recently, my AirPods switch to it. Yes, I want that. Make it happen, Mike. Tell that's what I want. Do something. Okay. I've did. I've done all I can, which is ask for it. Okay. Um. And what else would I like? Mm. What if the AirPods could? What if the AirPods could make a, an appointment to the Genius Bar for you? Then I would be useless for me. Um, I, I would like I would like more than just white. I don't know exactly what I want, but I want more options than just white. What about like green? White. Black. I don't. Black, maybe please. it depends. Maybe black. What about, maybe. What about but like indigo? Definitely white. More than white. Wow. Uh, flower, yes. flower power. You found yes, those two. Flower, I want indigo and flower power. They're the two color options that I want, and also also some way to do native volume adjustment on the on the AirPods oh, themselves. Oh yes, yes, that's what I would also like. A, like. like a I, I know gesture. that's like that. Yeah, it seems like that would always be really super difficult, but I would I would really I would really love that. Is that it? I think so. Do you have no wishes? Oh, y'all covered mine. Like faster okay. switching. A Hoy telephone would be nice, but not a deal breaker for me, and I'd love them in black. What about like some kind of noise canceling y thing? I do not like it's... active noise canceling, and I would turn it off. I don't off. like it either. And if it was not <laughs> able to be turned off, I would not buy them. I do not like it. Yep. I think I'll probably in the same. I want to try it, but I probably would feel the same. It makes my brain feel fuzzy 
in a very it makes me feel uh, nauseous. Yep. Yep. Yeah, makes me feel nauseous. Yep. Um before we wrap up, I just wanna as um I forgot to mention this. I've been trying to understand uh, after last week's show what porridge actually is uh, because I got some tweets from people. It's breakfast risotto. I still don't get it. It's it still looks like breakfast risotto to me. Uh, but you made fun of me for saying this, and some people on Twitter also did. I still don't understand what this is supposed to be. I don't be. think people were making fun. I think people thought it was it's hilarious. Like okay. It's, it's hilarious. So um, is it like, is it sweet, usually? Uh, not unless you sweeten it. Okay. And um, what do you usually put on it? A uh, lot of people put like honey in it, or like um, fruit, or like some maybe maple syrup, or like brown sugar, or something. Is it warm or cold? You should eat it warm. I think most people do. Okay, okay. I should try it. I wonder if there's any place in Italy when I could order some porridge. Mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call no on that one, but we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll, we'll find a way. Can next time we, you travel somewhere else, yes. Uh, next it time I'm in really London, it doesn't feel like an Italian food, to be honest. If you, yeah, if you order you. some porridge for dinner in London, do they look at you like a crazy person? Well, yeah, because it's not dinner; it's a breakfast food. Uh, what I can do, I can just get porridge and make it for you. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Okay, thank you. That was my follow-up. Sorry. I'll take us home. If you want to read more about the stuff we've talked about this week, find links to these stories. You can head over to relay.fm slash connected slash 229. They're also in your podcast app you're listening to. But if you go to the website, you can do additional things. You can send us an email with any feedback or follow-up. Or if email is too old-fashioned for you, you can do it on Twitter. All three of us are there. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of shows here at Relay FM. So if you like Connected, it's probably something else that Mike does that you would like. You can find Federico on Twitter. Remember, this is where you need to submit uh, proposals, written yes. proposals for Animoji, uh, you know, future subjects. You can find him there, Evitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Federico is also, of course, the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, a website that you should read every single day. You can find me on Twitter at ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, ExpressVPN, Luna Display, and Hover. And until next week, boys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.